Hey, what's up, your boy, Eric Drager, with an episode of Walk the Walk and Talk the Talk with Eric Drager. Today, my spe- I have a very special guest. Her name is Luso. Luso is a comic from Colorado Springs. I know I have a lot of comics on here. And she is the second to last non-live episode. So after, the, after, after one more after this one, all my podcasts will be live on YouTube. And I will still use this, so that way, if you don't want to watch it, you can at least you know, hear it on the way for work. But yeah, I hope you enjoy. It was a great talk. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So um, I go by Luso. I'm originally from Utah, and I currently live in Colorado Springs. Nice. So I met you. I don't remember what mic I met you at. But I met you at one of the open mics and stuff. So what got you into doing comedy? Oh, so I. I've always loved comedy. I've always loved to laugh, and I've always been the awkward person where I feel like laughter is kind of my crutch, and like being funny is my safe space because I've just always had such bad social anxiety. So for me, being able to be like the silly one is how I kind of kept my guard up, so that always came very natural to me. Um, so then, you know, life kind of took a different turn than I had originally planned, but I ended up, um, you know, having kids at a young age, and so I've kind of spent the last, like, nine years just, you know, raising my kids, being home with them, um, and I didn't really have a chance to do much else, but now my kids are getting older, and I'd been talking about doing comedy, and then actually my best friend, she ended up, um, we were on a trip together, we were on a cruise, and she signed me up for the talent show, and so uh, I just, like, wrote a couple really quick jokes right there, and it was a really terrible environment to do stand-up, uh, because the cruise, like, everybody was just, like, drunk already and they weren't really paying attention and it was loud and the other acts were it was definitely like a mix lots of dancers lots of singers wasn't really the environment for comedy but I still had so much fun that I I just was drawn to it and so ever since then getting up and doing that um, talent show I haven't been able to stop and I'm just in love with it. So that's been about a year and a half now. Okay. So who, like, when it came to comedy, who were, like, your influences? Um, I mean, the classics, like Dave Chappelle, um, you know, currently, you know, Bill Burr, he's really come up in the last few years, so I don't feel like he's as underground as when I originally started following him but him Louis C.K. which is funny because they're very dark comics and my comedy really isn't that dark but I, I just I love the idea of the fact that they can kind of show up and say whatever they want and, and they get away with it you know and I'm always curious if they were like that their whole entire career or like they're just able to do that now because they have such a following you know but um Anyway, then there's, like, Amy Wong. I love her. Um, Nate Bargatze, I really love because he's so captivating but so, like, monotone at the same time. Um, 
gosh, who else? I mean, there's so many, but those are the main, the main ones, at least uh, right now. Okay. Let's see. So you already talked about your first mic experience. So how is Tom, because how is, how, I'm trying to think how I'm going to say this. How is comedy with, um, like, being a mother, like being a mother and a wife? Because I know you you put that up a lot. You bring up that a, at least when you started, you brought that up a lot about you know your mother-in-law and stuff like that. So how does that help you with your comedy? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I mean, it's definitely um, a huge part of the character that I'm creating as a comic. Uh, and I think that that's a good thing because it's very relatable, you know, and originally when I very first started, I was a little self-conscious about the fact that I was starting um, a lot later in life than some people, especially a lot of people that I've looked up to, you know, started when they were 18 and, you know, coming in at 30, there's advantages to that. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of advantages to that because of my life experiences and I do have a lot more to talk to people about and relate to so I definitely think that overall it's it definitely benefits because I just can relate to more people that way yeah I agree with you on that part because that's one thing because I didn't because I talk about my military career because I'm in the army you know and Mm -hmm. I got to say that actually helped me out with my career not only comedy but also you know doing being in the army, being a little older, joining and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's like you know, that's not like how it is like a cop, like you know how an eighteen year old kid. What what can I really talk about? Oh, I got drunk one time at a party, you know. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it gets kind of repetitive, you know. But yeah, um, when I think know. it's like I really that's one thing that I want to come across with my comedy. Like I want to get the message across that it's so important to, you know, understand that age has really, you know, nothing to do with it. Because I feel like it's kind of like a stereotype around 30. Like, by 30, you have to have your life together. By 30, you have to already be doing something, you you know. um, Just society really puts pressure on, on, you know, the younger And so it's just like, it's just like you're automatically feel like you're not worth as much and you're like, gosh, what you, once you hit a certain age. So, um, you know, it's like that came so quickly for me. I remember being, you know, 21 and my, my, my roommate was dating a like 31 year old girl. And I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's so old. You know, why, like, why would he, you know, be with her, she's so old, she has no business here, blah, blah, and then here I am, you know, in the blink of an eye, like, I'm that, I'm that girl, you know, like, I'm, I'm that 31-year-old, and so I just think that people don't realize how fast it goes, and that I'm over 30, it's like, I still have so much to do, I have so much to accomplish, and so many things I want to start and try, and I think that that's okay, you know, I think it's cool that we can pursue some love even over 30 yeah i i agree with you on that part like i know i know some of them like because I, I i used to do mma before i joined the army and one of my favorite fighters 
Randy, Greg Tor, he was 35 when he started. So it's like, I think a lot of people, at least society, doesn't have to bring up the fact of age and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think sometimes being younger actually can kind of cripple, like kind of cripple certain things, you know, mm-hmm. like not, you know, let's see. So you started comedy like a year and a half ago, right? So you started like around mm-hmm. the same time. I, you started, started around the same time I did. Yeah. I think. So mm-hmm. how was, how has this year kind of affected you? Cause I know this year has been a little hectic with, you know, us having mics and us close them, them only have one mic, then, you know, having zero mics, then, you know, how does that, how's that affected you at all? Or if, or has that affected you? Um, I think that it's, you know, it's overall definitely slowed down my like stage time, uh, which is obviously like kind of our goal is to yeah. just get experience on stage. But at the same time, I mean, this shut, this shut down, I've done a lot of first one during the first one I wasn't as productive and I didn't get as much done as I could have so this time with things down I've really tried to focus on writing a lot more so and come out of the gate like ready to have a ton of material so I can kind of make up for all that time that was lost and I've actually done a really good job of still finding opportunities online um, I've joined this like really cool women's group called the the Toys, and it's by a gay guy. <laughs> His name's Iggy, but um, he has created this really cool um, environment, I guess, for women in comedy to come and like grow and flourish and learn together. So I've been working with this group of women. We get together a few times a week just over Zoom, and we, you know, workshop, we go over principles, and that's, so that's really, like, kind of kept me in the loop, especially being able to connect with other comics across the country. It's really interesting to see how um, how things are going for them and, like, what jokes land where they live. And so overall, it has actually been a really beneficial thing for me, and uh, I think that's just because I've – you know, really tried to, like, make it that way, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. I, that's another thing I was going to bring up. It's, like, you have actually kind of, like, not really exploded, but you've kind of, at least this year, I've seen you have, you know, you're on um, the showcase for Gold Camp. You're on, and you're on, you've been on a couple shows. You're also on a show next, this weekend, coming up. So how how is, like, showcasing different than open micing, if that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so <laughs> this is funny. Well, I, you know, so I've really just been kind of running, like been running the open mic circuit in the spring just because that's, you know, just trying to get like enough time to actually and have enough material to be asked to do a showcase. Um, so the material that I've had, you know, has just been stuff that I've worked on here. Um, and it's all been just new, just stuff that someone new in comedy would create. You know, I think it's like it, it totally matches like where I am in my comedic career. Um, and a lot of it has been like dick jokes and um, just kind of like low hanging fruit. Things. That's the thing. It's like, um, you're, you're, what's up? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, you don't like. It might just because of the fact is I'm in the military and I say a lot of raunchy stuff, but you don't 
you're really not, you don't really say that many like dirty and dark jokes, at least in my opinion. But then again, I also say, you know, other, I say some fucked right. up stitch stuff. So. Right. Right. Well, and you know, and there's a lot of comics like April, April Macy's example. I mean, all she does is dick jokes and she's amazing at it. She's so good at, good at it. And the delivery, the way she does it, she keeps it super classy and she's become incredibly successful with that. Um, but with that being said, I mean, that is really, really hard to do. And I do want to make myself more marketable. But um, anyway, long story short, so I've had this material that I've been working on, you know, since I started. And I ended up doing a showcase in Parker. So I had never really been to Parker before. And I wasn't really, like, aware of the huge differences in the crowd between the Springs and there. So I um, I went up there, and I was, like, so excited to do this showcase. I like I was joking up there that I'm like up there playing with the big boys, you know. Um, so it was probably like the most exposure that I've had and kind of like the biggest gig, you know, I was paid to do it, which was super exciting. And I was really grateful for the opportunity. Um, I got up and I totally, you know, bombed, <laughs> at least compared to what I'm used to. I, um, I did get laughs, but I really think that I – um, out of the gate, I pissed the audience off, and they I think they just kind of had a grudge against me um, from the get-go, and that was, you know, kind of my bad, and I actually had this, like, intuition that I should have changed one of my jokes before I went up, but I decided to just stick with it, and um, I basically said that I don't believe in God, and it's just, you know, part of a joke in relation to yeah. genetics so unevenly distributed, um, but I think that people really took that seriously and took that um a lot further than I meant for it to go and so that was (laughs) I mean that was a really eye-opening experience for me so it's just interesting the night before I did a showcase at um Happy Tap with this exact same material and crushed it like blew it out of the water I had so much fun I did so good next night did the exact same material in a different city and it didn't go well at all so that was just a huge learning experience for me but I think that like I honestly feel like I needed that and it really has helped me to understand like where I need to go to take my comedy to the next level um I mean and and it's just there's that fine line of like how much are you willing to pander to the audience and I think that's where that stage time comes in and just getting that experience in you know yeah I got you that's the thing that's the weird thing about comics is because the thing is I've because I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff. It's like you get the comics who are like pander to the audience. The other comics are like, nah, screw that. I'm going to do what I do, and they don't like. So I see where you're coming out with that. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Um, Because you were new, like who helped you out? Like, well, you're not really new. You, I can't call you new because me and you have had the same amount of time. But who, like, <laughs> helped you out? when you started when you started comedy because when it came with me it was uh nene rodriguez uh alonzo fertita and you know david Elgado were ones that helped me out so who helped you out when you started oh wow um you know i was so amazed and shocked and i feel like we're so incredibly spoiled here in the springs um you know because i had done a few shows here and i actually went up and did one show in Denver 
when I very first started just an open mic and like the vibe was completely different than it is down here and I almost feel like we're a little family down here you know we have our squirrels and our squirrels I don't know how you say that are like little like bickering I guess squirrels and stuff like that yeah I got you yeah yeah, but for the most part, I feel like we're all so supportive of each other because we know each other. We all, like, know who's who, and we we do spend, like, so much time together. So I just – I feel like like I'm pretty close to a lot of the comics here in the Springs. Um, I mean, Lloyd, <laughs> Lloyd, he obviously has been, like, a good friend of mine from the get-go, and um, he gave me a lot of really good tips, him kind of being a – OG around here, you know, um, so he was a big help to me, um, man, I mean, I feel like kind of, like, everyone has always been, like, super nice and supportive, and I love, you know, it's nice, like, the girls are all so nice and supportive, um, you know, Leslie and Brittany and, uh, you know, Tracy Collette, um, so I feel like all of the girls just get along really well and, su- and support each other. Um, Brian Sullivan has been a really good um, resource for me, and he's really helped me um, a lot with just, like, my writing techniques, which I appreciate. Um, a little bit later came, you know, Marcus, and I feel like I've been really close with Marcus um, as far as, like, writing together. And, um, you know, we've, we kind of started at the same time, too, but – just having everyone's different perspectives. And for me, it's a little different than a lot of comics because I do have kids and I have other responsibilities. So um, I don't have, you know, and I'm not, I'm not using it as an excuse, but it's just like sometimes I don't have the same amount of time that other people do to dedicate to comedy. So it's nice, like when other people can kind of catch me up on like what they've been learning or doing when I miss out. But um yeah, I mean, David Delgado, who's always been, like, super cool and supportive. Um, Matt, I mean, even Matt Gabriel, he's always been really, um, you know, for the most part, um, like, inclusive. I I have heard several times that the people who first, like, see you do comedy, they'll always think of you as an open micer. You know, so there's those people just that, like, you know from the beginning that just aren't going to take you that serious as you start to grow. Yeah. So I think I'm definitely kind of struggling with that and going through that now with some of the the people who run shows around here that knew me from the beginning because they just kind of see me as like as like li- like little Lou who doesn't know what she's doing. Um, so you know that I don't know if that'll ever change though, but I'm not too worried about it. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really either because the thing is, this is something that I've I've noticed is it's not really it's like like when it comes to certain people like that because I've seen I've seen people fall out and stuff like that I don't I kind of feel like you know at the end of the day it's not really for them that's why you know my favorite like my least favorite rooms my favorite rooms are the rooms where it's just comics mm-hmm. you know because the thing is you always got those one comics like you always got some people who will laugh, who are like supportive and laugh but you got the ones who will try not to laugh no matter what you say and if you get them to laugh mm-hmm. it makes you feel a little better about yourself you know mm-hmm Mhm. Yeah, but if you can make another comic laugh, then you know it's gold for sure. Oh yeah. So let's see. Um, let's see. So besides comedy and stuff like that, how has the how has the pandemic like affected you, like you and your family? 
Because I know you have kids and stuff like that, and you're also married, right? Uh-huh. Um, overall, it's been um, <laughs> it's been good. I mean, it's it could be worse. So let me just say that. Like, I really don't have anything to complain about. Uh, we didn't go through what a lot of people did as far as like jobs or um, income changing or anything like that. So that was really good. Um, for me, it's more just been like learning how to adjust with my kids being um, at home for school. I am Wait, not... you say you have nine kids? No, no. no oh, I'm God. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah, I, bad. My like, bad. I feel like I have nine kids, so oh. um, it was enough for sure. But, no, my two are home schooling right now, and I am just not a teacher at all. I was never meant oh, okay. to be here. I was terrible in school. I'm a terrible student. And now these kids are like doing the way that they, um, they're doing things is a lot different from the way that I learned it. And it's a lot more complicated and like all these math problems where you have to show your work all these different ways. Um, and I'm just not with it at all. So it's been kind of a struggle. I mean, I almost just have an aneurysm every morning trying to get my kids like lined up with what they're supposed to be doing so that for me has been the biggest struggle I usually just end the day hiding in my closet uh crying (laughs) so I'll just be happy when that is over with because my intention when I had kids when I decided to have kids or uh aka when I got knocked up (laughs) um I, uh, you know, the intention was that I could send them to school because <laughs> I wouldn't have to deal yeah. with them half of the day. So that's uh, no longer the case, and it's pretty intense. But how old, how old are your kids, if I can ask? Yeah, um, my oldest, she turns nine next month, and then my younger one is five. Oh, that's cool. So that means they're at the they're at the age where. They start getting a little crazy. Gotcha. Mhm. Mhm. They fight all of the time, and and they're girls, so they're crazy. They're very vindictive. You know, guys. Like I grew up with five brothers, so I'm like a, I'm way more used to the way that guys like handle things. Like my brothers would just punch each other in the face and get it over with, and uh, my kids, they're like vindictive and they plan things out you know, like how to get back at each other and they like set each other up and um, it's just, and it's like now my kids have figured out how to lie. And it's, it's, if you really think about it, it's such a crazy concept because, you know, back in the day, our parents instilled, instilled such a fear in us. Like my dad, I was so scared of my dad. Like he never like abused me, but I was scared shitless. Like I remember like I got out of bed one time and he caught me in the hall and he, like, you know, scolded me, and I literally peed my pants. I was so scared. And then he got mad at me because I peed my pants. Um, I, remember one time, I remember one time, this was when I was going through puberty and stuff, because you were talking about dads and stuff. I just remember my dad pulled me aside. This is when he just got back from Iraq. He pulled me aside. I killed 13 people. Don't make it 14. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got you. I got you. He had that way of, like, instilling this fear in us. And I don't know – I don't know how to do that. I don't think I'm, like, allowed to do that anymore because we just can't, as parents, get away with what we could or what our parents could, you know, back back then. And so, um, you know, it's like if you really think about it, like, you can you can just, like, 
live whenever you want, you know? And so it's like once kids figure that out, it's like how do you, you know, how do you fix that? Like I'm not saying my kids are like little liars, but my my oldest one will literally, she will like punch the little one in the face and then um, and then the little one and she'll be like, oh, my gosh, what happened, Camille? Like, she'll straight ask, like, she had no idea what just happened, and she's, like, concerned. Like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And we'll be standing right there. Like, I watched you punch her in the face, and she'll just straight act like she had no, nothing to do with it. And it blows my mind. Like, oh, my That is hilarious. Yeah. That yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> so that's some birth control for you. That's fine. I'm divorced, so I wasn't planning on having kids anyway, so thanks. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Share it with the world. Yeah. That's uh, like, I like, I really am convinced that, um, trying to write a joke about this right now, that people with kids lie about, you know, having kids. People with kids are always like, you should have kids. You know, like my best friend, she is single. She lives in a high rise in San Francisco. She's well rested. She has all of the dollars and nice things. And all the time, I'm like, you know what you should do? You should have kids. (laughs) My my mom did that to me a couple months ago because my sister just got my sister just got her had her first kid, right? And my mom looked at me and said. When are you going to have kids? I'm like, first of all, I'm divorced, so that's not happening well. Secondly, I don't want kids. Why not? You'll have you'll be such a good dad. I'm like, are yeah, you kidding see, me? See, she I just drink wants too much. She just wants yeah. you to, like, join in the misery. She's like, you're, she's like, you're having, like, such a nice time, and I'm not because I had to sit here and raise my kids. Like, that's absolutely what it is. People with kids want you to have kids so then you can't go out and have fun and you can't take naps. And you, can, you know, not that I don't love my kids, but seriously, don't have kids. <laughs> it's fun. I've heard, everyone, I've heard a lot of people say don't have kids. Yeah, I think uh, it's becoming a more, uh, it's a more, like, comfortable thing now. Like, you know, I didn't used to be, but I think people are becoming like, especially with social media and like people are becoming a lot more open about things and this like this actual struggle that comes with being a parent. Um, so I think it is being talked about a lot more than it used to. So that's, you know, I don't see like a lot of millennials having kids, you know, like on Instagram, all these, all these like Instagram people, you know, you don't see them like having babies. They're definitely not doing that. They're like, having like butt implants and and oh, champagne because you know? i'm older because i'm like because i'm i think i'm like a couple years younger than you and being a little mm-hmm. younger being a little older and being in the army and seeing 19 year old kids do the dumbest shit i'm like i could raise one of those i'm literally <laughs> old in a few years i am old enough to be your father <laughs> and it, is right. ter- it is it terrifies me <laughs> Because yeah. Yeah. Sure. I got a bunch of kids who – I have one kid who he's, – he's not really my kid. He's like one of my soldiers. I have one kid. He's, he's getting out because he was too fat to be in the Army. And his plan – I'm not even shitting you. He's planning to move to Wisconsin. He doesn't know anyone in Wisconsin. I've asked him this. He plans to move to Wisconsin <laughs> to a small town in Wisconsin. And I was like, where are you moving to? He was like, oh, I think it was like Lake Defamo or Kenosha or something like that. 
And I was like, dude, there's only like 30,000 people in that city. He's like, yeah. He's like, what do you plan to do with income? He's like, oh, I plan to Uber and, you know, Grubhub. I'm like, dude, you are not going to make any money doing that. Right? No. Unless he can, like, live off of a very <laughs> low income, you know? Yeah. Which you don't, which it's not really a high income area, but it's like still, it's like, dude, no one's Ubering. Yeah, what if they go right. to bars? It's like, there are bars. You know how, like, Colorado people make a big deal about smoking, smoking weed and shit? Yeah. Wisconsin drinks so much beer. There is a bar. I'm not even kidding you. In my hometown, there's a bar. I walked past six bars. Going to my going to my school because I had to I had to walk six blocks. There's a bar <laughs> every block. Like, wow. They love drinking, so it's like, dude, they don't need you for an Uber. They don't need an Uber there. Yeah. Well, what, what if they go to the airport? <laughs> if they don't go to the airport, they're just too drunk. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's something I'm dealing with right now. That's a, that's, a, that's one of the reasons why I don't have kids, because the thing is, like, again, I'm I'm old enough to where I, in a couple of years I can be a parent to one of these kids. Right. That is right. terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely – I just try not to think about it, really, and just try to, like, stay kind of in the moment where my kids are at now, because I know I have, like, so much coming to me as far as that goes. Uh, and it just overwhelms me thinking about it. So I guess I just take it day by day, try to deal with but whatever I, they need then. Because you're, you're the first person I've actually interviewed in a while. Like in a while. So I got you're actually the first person I interviewed after an incident that happened at, uh, what is it, Battle, Battle Mountain Brewery now or whatever, where uh-huh. Gold Camp used to be, uh-huh. where it was Los and the, like this magician. I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, I heard all about it, yep. Were you there or no? Mm-mm. Okay. So no, I saw them earlier in the night, but um, I wasn't there for that whole thing, no. Okay. So what's your opinion on that? Because I just, that, like, I like Los, I like Matt, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I think, but I, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, trying, I'm I, not trying to cut you off. Like I like I kind of mentioned before, I feel like overall it's a good thing that um, us comics know each other really well here in the city. And so we do kind of like, we know when somebody new shows up, you know, like they obviously like stand out as someone who is new. And I know I have seen the magician like a couple other places. And the funny thing is like, we don't, nobody even knows his name. Like we just know him as the magician. (laughs) Well, that's not true. I know um, he's he was here a couple. Like I, this is what Andrew. Cause the first time I met him, Andrew told me this. He was like, he was like, he's not a bad, he's not a good dude. Don't mm-hmm. trust him. Because apparently he was here for a while, then he left. Oh apparently. really? Yeah. So apparently it's not like he was a new guy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So he was. I mean, he was like pretty new to me. I yeah. I had never seen him before. Um, until he started like showing up for like the few weeks prior to that whole incident. But I know that he definitely was just, like, being really disrespectful and um, just rude. And so the whole – I mean, it didn't – honestly, it just, like, it didn't surprise me. 
Um, I'm not really like a, I've never been in a fight in my life. You know, I grew up in Utah. um, I like, it was very like conservative. And I mean, I don't even think there was ever one fight at my school. You know, I just like, I was never um, in any type of environment like that. I was very sheltered. So for me, like for anybody to punch anybody in the face is like mind blowing, but um I mean, I'm not surprised that he probably like egged it on and that's just, but that's just like my personal opinion. Um, do I think, I mean, do I think violence is the answer? No, but. <laughs> no, um, I agree with that one. Like, I, don't I can't think... believe Matt got it on video. I think that's hilarious, but. Yeah. Only thing I'm, only thing that kind of sucks about it, like, cause the thing is like Matt posted the whole, like what happened before the, before we put it on video, but the thing is, you know, the only thing that sucks is if, like, I, like yeah, the guy was disrespect. The guy that was disrespectful. I get that, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember there was one mic. Remember that mic that Matt was like an hour later or whatever. Uh huh. Happy tap. Yeah. Well, he was there and he was harassing a couple of my a couple of my friends from work, and I was like, hey, man. And they were to the point where they're like, hey, bud, just leave us alone. We're just here to watch the show. And you just keep harassing them. And he's like, dude, you need to stop. You know, these are two so, these are two guys in the Army. It's like, you know, right. like they're hot-headed. So, like, I'm not surprised that he got punched. I'm surprised it took him that long. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say I think he deserved it because I don't think – anyone deserves getting punched in the face but unless you unless you mm-hmm. punch someone first you know but he kind of saw it happening because it was like it was like he went to lulu's comedy club comedy to- corner not lulu, lulu's downstairs right he went there mm-hmm. and apparently ben verbeck said something about how his greatest match trick was disappearing after he had sex after he fucked megan jean mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so it was like there's other comics, like it, like a lot of the older comics just did not like him, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing. It's like I remember talk. I remember talking to David about that, and he was even like, "Yeah, Lusso doesn't even like him." I was like, "God damn!" Cause you're yeah. nice to everyone. I get along with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Like she's, yeah, like she's but, nice to me, and I'm kind of an asshole, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, and overall, I mean, I think the thing that was just like kind of shitty was that, like, it does give us as comics a bad rap. Like, I just don't want, I just don't want like the word to get out, like that there is like a bunch of drama between yeah. us, and there's, you know, and that we can't like be professional, we can't, you know. So that's kind of. Um, for me, I'm like, it just, and I think it kind of like separates the people who are, um, you know, and this is just like my personal opinion, but it just kind of separates the people who are like more concerned with like growing and building their career and keeping that reputation. Um, and the people who are just, you know, a little bit more concerned with whatever is going on, you know, in the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that part. I also think, I also think this quarantine thing kind of, you know, it's kind of getting people a little stir crazy too. I agree. You know, a lot of, because a lot of dumb stuff happens when you let when you tell people, "Hey, stay home," and then they're then they're able to walk out. And they, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like that. And 
you know. But yeah. I, I, I see where you see it, where it's like, you know, you don't want people to think badly about us. That's kind of like, that was kind of like the thing when, you know, I wasn't really worried about that. I was more worried about not getting got not getting stabbed when, did you ever go to finish line or no? No, I've never been there. Cool. Don't go there. <laughs> I remember yeah. one time. Go ahead. I remember one time it was like that's that was kind of like the, the big drama thing where, you know, I remember the guy got in like John uh, Rumry's face and shit like that. Mhm. So yeah, we got to yeah. watch like. Sorry, what were you saying? My bad. No, I was just gonna say yeah, I've never been there, but I've heard like I've heard that you know, a lot of things happen there. Oh yeah. I remember the dude threatened to kill, like, Brittany and, like, almost stabbed Brian because of that. Because it was, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like some of the mics was, like, some of the mics it's just, like, you got to probably look up the area before we do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Barkay, I think the worst thing at Barkay happens, that happens at Barkay is people get too drunk. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know? I like Barkay. Um, I don't get a chance to go there that often, but when I have been, it's been a good, you know, it's been a good experience. Oh, yeah, like, I, I like Bar because it's kind of a mix sometimes. It's like sometimes, it's like a mi- good mixed crowd. You know, same mm-hmm. thing with Oscar Blues, like, it's a good mixed crowd. There's, like, some nights where I do really well because I get a lot, because there's, like, there's, uh, you know, Air Force pilots in the back, you know, acting like mm-hmm. idiots. And then there's sometimes mm-hmm. where I don't do so hot because it's you know a church group's there for some weird reason, wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mhm. And that's something I like. That's one thing I like about like Bar K and Oscar Blues, other than like um, like Happy Tap or, well, I like Happy Tap too, but like places like places that were a little smaller when it came to comedy because the thing is it was more of a, they came there for that reason, you know. Right. Right. It's definitely different when uh, when the crowd is there because they know, like, a comedy show is going on versus just, like, kind of, like, going to the bar and, like, being surprised with that's what the situation is. <laughs> so it's always good to, like, be somewhere where the crowd is, like, prepped and, like, ready to listen and, like, ready to laugh. Makes a huge difference. Let's see. Um, try to think what else. Okay, so you got it. Do you have any shows coming up or no? Yeah, so we so we had that roast, that 2020 roast um, that was supposed to be this weekend, and you know originally I was thinking it was going to get canceled because of everything going on, but um, Brittany did find that loophole where you can still have an event if it's for a charitable cause, which it just makes like no sense at all, but whatever. Um, so we were going to go ahead with it, but then just ticket sales just weren't where they needed to be. So we decided to postpone it. Um, and I think that's just, you know, people are still like, so on the fence about going out and it's just a weird time, especially with like the holidays going on too. Um, so that show kind of fell through. Um, other than that, I mean, I did a really awesome Zoom show, which was my first Zoom show last night and that was really cool. So um, I'm hoping to have a few more of those opportunities come up in like the next month or so until things hopefully back um, open back up. 
But other than that, um, no, like I said, I really don't, I mean, I'm, I've just been really focused on trying to write as much as I can. And um, I do have like a couple auditions online that I'm trying to get ready for, for a couple of clubs, like outside of Colorado. Um, so okay. I've just been so trying to make my, um, so there's flappers, flappers out in LA, um, I'm going to audition. They actually um, hold auditions every Wednesday. It's just two minutes um, over Zoom. So I'm going to try and do that this next Wednesday and see how that goes. So if anybody's looking for an opportunity, that's a really good one. Um, That's all I can think of off the top of my head right now. But there's definitely opportunities out there. And it's actually more convenient because it's like opportunities that you wouldn't normally have because they're not normally doing things online. But because they are, you can still show up even if you're out of state, you know, because you don't have to go anywhere for it. So in that aspect, it's a good time to take advantage of getting a little bit more more exposure um, out of your own home state, which is good. So I'm just trying to write a lot more and make my I'm actually really shooting to just write clean material right now um, as that will make me more marketable. Um I'm really interested in doing corporate comedy, so that has to be and squeaky. I think – sorry, my bad. No, that's it. That's all. Okay, my bad. I'm trying not to cut you off. My bad. But, yeah, I, kinda, <laughs> I think – I honestly think cleaner comedy would probably be better for you just because it, your personality is more mm-hmm. – you can you could ignore me and tell me – you can tell me, go, you know, you know you're wrong, but I think it's because your personality, actually, I feel like cleaner comedy would be a lot better than, you know – dirtier because the thing is again i don't really see you much as a dirty comic because the thing is you don't really besides like your nipple joke a lot of your jokes aren't really that bad you know mm-hmm. yeah at least in mm-hmm. my opinion you know? yeah yeah i think like working on my character that's one thing i've really come to notice with people who have become really successful they they do have a very defined character so that's what i've been working towards and you know really kind of learning how people perceive me because that's that's how people are going to read my jokes so I am that you know just I'm very like quirky and I am very much like a mom um and I think that my comedic flaw so like the thing that's funny about me is like I I do all of the things that I'm supposed to do like I show up as a mom and I you know and I show up um as like a wife and you know a daughter to these Mormons, you know, these very strict Mormons and all these things, but I don't necessarily do it right all the time. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on is being like awkward in my roles. Um, I have a, you know, I have a joke about in the Mormon church, we are, we refer to each other as, you know, um, brothers and sisters because we're all children of God. So that's how we refer to each other. So like sister Schumacher and, uh, brother Johnson or whatever and I moved to North Carolina and I found this event and it's called it was called for sisters only and I was like oh my gosh this is so exciting this will be a great place for me to go and make some friends but it turns out that the event was actually for sisters only <laughs> so uh, I was definitely the minority in that situation <laughs> so it's like I'm trying to focus on a lot of those like silly like dumb things that I do just being totally ignorant and um 
you know, but with like a really good intention. So I think it's more my character and I'm really excited that I've kind of found that and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to develop it. So that's good. Hell yeah. Well, I think that's all the time we really got. So I want to say thank you for being on my podcast. Hope, hopefully you can come on again some other time. Thank you so and much for having me. It's been fun. No problem. You're my little buddy, so I might as well get all, get all my comic friends before I get before I get mad bored and get out. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, yeah. Anything else I can do for you, please let me know, and um, I will be sure to share this. So, um, send me the link or however you go about doing it. I got you. It's probably gonna be in like next couple weeks, just because I'm waiting for Christmas to be over. Okay. Sounds All right. good. All right. Talk to you later, right, bud. All right, bye.